guy. <laughs> Lots of squeaking over there. Maybe you should get some WD-40 for that chair. I forgot when I was at mom's. Oh. What are you drinking? Rum. Just straight up? No, with a little bit of coke. Fun story about that. Um, I can't drink rum and coke anymore. Where is my brother? My brother. Brother? Here is my brother. Many of you will my responsibility. I loved my brother. You don't deserve to be here, brother. Okay, I'm waiting for the details. The actual, like... Basically, there was a Super Bowl during... I want to say it was sophomore year of college. No, this is freshman year. I remember specifically in the dorms. I only lived in the dorms freshman year. So that would have been 2013, 2014. 2013 or 14, I don't remember. It was a Super Bowl, and we were not invited to a party because we weren't cool yet. We were just nerds. Um, And basically, we decided we were going to buy a large bottle of Captain and Coke. We had like three two liters. And we were going to drink a drinking game, which consisted of multiple shots when they scored a touchdown. Unfortunately, in the first half, they scored like six touchdowns. (laughs) So I was puking by halftime. I had the worst hangover of my life. What drinking? We'll never do it again. It was just like, you know, something you find online, you know, based before Instagram was a big thing. They were just like, oh, here's a bunch of things you can do. If there's a fumble, you oh, drink. So it was a you, football yeah. drinking game. Okay, But we weren't drinking beer with it. We were just solely drinking rum and Cokes, shots of rum. Mm-hmm. It was just a really bad idea. <laughs> Not necessarily, as long as you... You know what's a fun drinking game? What? There's a beer drinking game that is that you take a shot of beer every minute for an entire hour. That's um, oh, actually, I've heard of that. What's it called? Um, I don't know what the name is you? You just get a. They do like an. It's Power Hour. That sounds yeah. about right. Usually, you can find like YouTube videos of Power Hours, and you can just drink. Basically, whenever they change the song, which is every sixty seconds. I didn't so. know that because I've never done it, but it always seemed interesting. But I don't want to consume that much beer. Yeah, as I got older in college, we realized. Um, that it doesn't make sense to binge drink. We should just do a power hour for like three or four hours straight and then go do whatever we were going to do. What do you mean by and, binge drink? Um, Like see how many beers you can drink before game time and it's 6 a.m. and game time 7 p.m. <laughs> and then you don't drink during the game? Well, you're not allowed to drink in the stadium, but I usually had like a bottle of brandy ah. that I would put in my sock. Don't well, tell them well, that I well, did that. Why brandy? Because they sold the little bottles, and they were cheaper than whiskey and everything else. Even Fireball? Um, Well, I guess I could have gotten Fireball, but I didn't really like Fireball because it was like the spice kind of just got you, and it really just destroyed my appetite and anything I drink. But now they have those giant um, buckets of like 40 shots of Fireball, the little bottles, 40 of them, for like 20 bucks. Yeah, now they do. They were like, oh, yeah, we can start selling this to 
underage minors and they'll buy them and use them for dumb stuff. Yeah. My favorite drinking game. What was it? Um, what was it? I don't remember the name of it. I don't remember. I'll have to talk about it next time. I remember it. Well, maybe we can edit it in too here. There we go. Yeah, I'll figure that out. I'll edit it in. Um, but we should welcome Start back the to the podcast. I don't like that. Let's try that again. You know, welcome back to the Suburban Siblings. Do, 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 do. Sounds like a news update. Just so you know, the election hasn't been called yet while we're recording this. No, it has not. We're waiting on Nevada. Well, we're waiting on more than Nevada. Well, I yeah, mean, Alaska's we- still in the running. I'm pretty sure most of the states that are very close have not really been called yet. Well, there's four. There's five states. So you have Nevada, you have Georgia, you have... North Carolina. Um, Pennsylvania, North Carolina. Alaska. Alaska. So those are your five. Nevada's the last one that is leaning blue currently, and it's six electoral votes, which would put Joe Biden at exactly 270. So yeah. he would win. But he's one percentage point down in Georgia, which is like 100,000 votes, and he's not doing that great in any of those states. But remember, this is all before the recounts and before... Basically, by the time this airs, this podcast airs, which might be even later than it's supposed to, Matthew. Sorry. (laughs) um, We might have a a clear decision. But for future reference, whenever somebody actually listens to this, which we haven't even looked at the analytics for the last two weeks, but um, we're going to hopefully have a decision and... I know Wisconsin said in their constitution, if it's under 1% difference, they have to do a re um, count of everything. So, But any state that has less than a 1% difference is going to have a recount anyways because of the legal battles. Exactly. Yep. But there is going to be a legal battle in Michigan and Wisconsin. Yeah. I I think we should, you know, kind of stay away from the election. Just... Thank Just you. purely because um, this podcast is forever and the election is only for the next four years. So we could daydream what would it be like if we had a Biden presidency or a Trump presidency. But we're not. I mean, we could. No, we're not. You know, Matthew I don't like talking about politics. politics. Yeah, I don't like talking about it on a podcast. Yeah, that's fine. But. I felt like I was going to talk about something else before. I don't even know how we got on the election. You oh, mom's birthday. Games. Yeah, it was her birthday today. Yeah. It's our mother's birthday, just for everybody's reference. November yeah. 4th, 2020. Not yeah. that this podcast comes out that day. Did you send her a card? I did not send her a card, mostly because I'm preoccupied with my own life problems. It's just a card. It costs two bucks. Yeah, and then you have to send it through the mail, which is all up in arms because they got to do all this like last minute ballot shit. You could have texted me, and I could have bought you one and brought it to our house. You could have just bought it and been like, "This is from Andrew and I because I'm a good brother." Yeah, but see, every year beforehand, see, I didn't ask. I should have asked asked you. But every year beforehand, you always give cards, and I never give cards. So I like this year, I bought a card and I wrote from Matthew, 
and our dog Jacoby. And then I was like, Andrew wow. probably sent one. You didn't even ask. We talk every week. Yeah, well, lots happened since last Wednesday. Well, you can't talk about what's happening in the future over a podcast. So I get it. I, it's fine. She will forgive me. You know, I did get her a really great Mother's Day gift. She only used for one month, and that was the only expectation of it. Just so everybody knows, Broadway streaming online is a great concept. However, I don't think it's it, it will ever work. I feel bad saying it because I'm pretty sure they help pay some of the actors, like yeah. the, the stars and stuff. But well, The reason it doesn't work comes from the fact that it's always like three stationary camera positions. And even in like modern day TV, basketball, any, anything you watch on TV, cameras are constantly moving. And in Broadway, that's not possible when you're filming a Broadway show unless the entire theater is empty. I don't know. They did a pretty good job with Hamilton. Yeah, because you know who paid for Hamilton? Disney. Yeah. But Disney pays for like a good amount of musicals. I mean, I well, yes. love Disney musicals, except I haven't seen The Lion King in person yet. So I've seen pieces of it. Well, when you come out here and help me move into my apartment, Matthew, we can go see The Lion King on Broadway in the streets. Are they doing it in the streets? Hmm. Yeah, I didn't think so. They're on wave number three right now, so I don't know what's going on. Well, they just shut everything down in Chicago on Friday. Yeah. We're back. How to, is Chicago doing? It, it's okay. It, like, nothing's happening right now. Everyone thought they were going to be, like, massive protests and riots. Nothing's happened, so it's quite did impressive. They, did they board up all the windows? Yeah, and the entirety of Mag Mile was coated in plywood. Yeah, they did that in New York too when we were, were visiting and looking at apartments. But nothing's happened yet. Like there were supposed to be some protests today that were scheduled, but even I don't think I haven't heard anything about them. But yeah. that's because nothing has come from the election yet. We don't know who won the presidency, we don't know who won the Senate, we don't know who won the House, even though we know what's probably gonna happen. <laughs> well, I do know and I know you wanna stay away from the election, so do I a little bit. However, they were coming out and saying, like, there's a challenge from the Supreme Court. They want to stop counting ballots, which, to be clear, if they stopped counting ballots right now, Joe Biden would be our next president. Yeah, it's the funny thing. So I don't know where this is coming from. Well, it but, comes from, I'll just quickly say, it comes from, because Donald Trump for like an entire like two weeks before the election was like fighting like... um even counting mail-in ballots or like he wants everything counted at the end of election night, they stop counting and just um, give the results. And they got cut, shut down by a federal court at some point. They would have lost Florida. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Cause Florida was, well, no, Florida was, <laughs> I red. guess at midnight it was still, it was red. Yeah. Well, Florida was red for most of the North night. Carolina was blue. Texas was blue for a little bit. And that surprised mm -hmm. a lot of people. Yeah. But I mean, in the end of the day, it's going to get figured out. I think really the protests and the, the mayhem that would happen is not going to be as bad as like the Black Lives Matter protests and stuff, which I don't even think it was the actual protesters that were doing that crazy stuff. It wasn't. But um, most of it, I, I have a feeling, has to do with, you know, a threat to our democracy, which is essentially what is happening. So, yeah. 
Okay. Do you have a lot of uh, um, somebody doing dishes back there? Yeah, someone's in the kitchen right now. All right. You can cut this out, but. I'll just cut out my silence. Your silence. Three, two, one. I've gotten really good with the whole, like, um, making it easier to cut out things that are not supposed to be there. So, like, naturally in our podcast, um, my microphone picks up my headphones really well. Oh, really? Yeah. So, a lot of the time, I hear, like, a little bit of an echo if I have both of our channels up while editing. So, I hear, like, you twice because you're very loud. Um, and it just echoes from my headphones into my microphone. Am I really loud? Is that a thing? Well, you're just a naturally loud person. Um, Am I? I've yeah. never heard that. It when I look at our two um meters on our recording software, I see mine, which is like right around the yellow, and then yours is like way higher. And that I make that change in post. Okay, but I found um, I, I found an easy way to like do all that stuff without making it time consuming. So so doing this podcast, I just a brief question here and we'll, we'll see where what rabbit hole it might open. But doing a podcast is it I know it's different than doing a live show. But is it more fun? No. It's less fun. You don't enjoy it? You don't enjoy well, there, just editing? There's a difference. So like our podcast isn't like a lot of fun to edit because I'm sitting here and I'm part of the content of it. So like, I know I like we have this entire podcast. I'm here, I'm talking, I'm listening for the entire thing. And then I have to go back and listen to it again a couple times to uh, edit it. So it's like, I get so you're just bored. annoyed by yourself. Yeah, basically. But like Damn. if it was you and another person, and I wasn't here listening to it for the entire time. I would probably enjoy listening to it. Well, maybe we have to have more interesting conversations. Well, Maybe that should that. be a poll this next week. What is an interesting conversation that we should talk about? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I know that it's just boring for you to re-listen. Yeah, well, it would be different if it was something I didn't already live. Because like we have the conversation, I understand what we're talking about, and I'm being a part of it. Whereas like a conversation I wasn't there for, I have to like re-listen to to actually understand it. So it like creates something interesting to listen to multiple times. Yeah. Well, that kind of answers my question. Yeah, but hopefully, like it. one day when we start having people on and start interviewing people, you might b maybe find it more interesting. Well, we're gonna have to do real research on people if we're gonna interview people, oh. just so that it's like stuff we've never heard before. Oh no, it will get really interesting. You can see how good I am at stalking people. That's creepy. <laughs> I mean, like, why do you think you're good at stalking people? How is that a thing that comes into your you head? You know them on a stuff <laughs> that you can find out about people on the internet. I I guess there are some things that people don't even would always be like. How did you find out about that? Even if you've been friends with them for years, it's just like twenty minutes just on the internet. Hmm. I'm gonna be honest with you. I've been thinking about trying to revive my Instagram and how my, my personal brand looks. I know it's kind of late in the game because it's like, you know, 15, 14, 15 year old kids have a better brand, personal brand than me on the internet. But along a lot of the time I was just like, I don't, I don't really need to put that out there. I, I feel like it either will happen as is, or, you know, I personally don't care what people think about me. So. Well, yeah. But we also both grew up in a world 
or like not a world, but like we grew up learning that everything you put online can harm you later on in life. That's what we learned from our parents and we learned from school. So like you and me personally don't have a big internet presence. You have a larger internet presence than I do. Um, yeah. Cause you have an Instagram that like actually has things on it. You have posts, you have pictures of yourself, you and your girlfriend, you post on Facebook occasionally. I haven't posted on Facebook in nine months and I haven't posted on Instagram for over a year. Yeah. But like what drives that? Do you just feel like you have nothing to post? Well, I'm personally not a big fan of sharing my life with people like online. I don't want people to know what's going on. I don't like that. I don't like people being like, Hey, I saw this. And I was like, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it, it just makes me uncomfortable. I'm also really bad at posting things like just in general, like if, like I have friends who have Instagrams where they like post pictures and it's like thousands of pictures of them. And like, they always have great captions. They're fun pictures. And it's like, well, first off, I don't take a lot of pictures. So like the last picture of me on my phone is from nine months ago. Um, <laughs> Same. Honestly, yeah. Danielle takes all the pictures of me. I, yeah. when I was trying to make this, uh, the, the, the logo for our podcast, I was like, do you have any like new recent pictures of me? And here's, here's the thing. I also do not like to take, you know, pre-posed pictures. So whenever I see somebody posing for a picture and they're like, oh, this is going on my Instagram, but they have to take a thousand of these pictures or whatever. Yeah. I laugh because I'm like, those are all fake, which means when somebody looks at your Instagram and sees this fake person, I mean, in my personal opinion, if I had a fake version of myself, it would, it would really just like mess with my psyche. So oh. I, I personally don't take people seriously when they have like this whole fake, you know, they're setting up their backgrounds and how they pose and stuff. Well, a lot of people have multiple Instagrams where they have like a, a main Instagram account, which is like their public Instagram that anyone can see. And it's all nice pictures, nice captions. Then they have what they call a Finsta or a fake Instagram account where they post Probably like a business Instagram. Well, you can have that too, but like a Finsta is um, where you post like really bad photos of yourself of the things that don't make it to your public Instagram. And like you say, you like share things about your life that you wouldn't necessarily want people to know about you. Wait, that's a thing? Yes. That's like my Instagram. Yeah, Literally, but, my Instagram is just that, to be honest. Well, it's, it's more like... Um, I should share my phone. It's literally just horrible pictures of everything that I see. <laughs> Yeah, but that that's different. So, like, on a Finsta, I have friends who, like, something bad goes about their day. Like, I have a lot of dramatic friends. Um, downside to go to an art school, all of your friends are dramatic as fuck. Um, oh, my God. Why do you have to say it like that? I'm such a dramatic fuck. <laughs> so that I can later cut it out if I don't want the word there. Um, but, like, they'll post things where it's, like... Um, like really, really personal things about like they're depressed, they're sad. Um, their boyfriend. So it's something that nobody really follows. Well, people will follow it, but it's like it's incredibly personal stuff like that. Even I don't want to know. It's like I don't want to like. So this is where you know find about, people's information when you stalk them. Well, most Insta Finstas are usually private and only shared with like people that you're really close with. You know, I I don't get that one. <laughs> Yeah, me neither. I okay. So I think it's a is, white girl thing. 
I mean, sometimes you just need to publicize what you do. But I think people forget that even though it's private does not mean it's not on the internet. Exactly. So that's personally why I don't share anything on the internet. And I am a big proponent of having a journal or some type of item that I can share with myself. And yeah, maybe somebody might read it one day, but I'm not a big fan of journaling. I'm not a big fan of like writing in general. So like you should just, you know, get into it a little bit. Just write one or two sentences a day or a week. I tried doing the whole journaling thing at one point where I was like, you basically like, it's like a diary. You say what happened that day in it and blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, this is stupid. This is not how I like to remember things. I, I prefersly like to live more in the moment. So like when things happen, I'm not a big picture taker. I'm not a big like post about it. I'm not a big um, write about it later. So I'll remember it years down the road. I'm more like, no, I want to remember that moment. And if I write about it and that kind of stuff, then it's not like I'm no longer like remembering the moment as much. I'm like writing it down to remember. It's, I don't know. It's weird. Well, I was listening to another podcast the other day. It was actually a Joe Rogan podcast. I'm just going to keep promoting Joe Rogan until I get bored of Joe Rogan. Um, (laughs) Maybe one day we'll have him on our podcast. I don't know. Um, But he was interviewing somebody who was talking. They were talking specifically about mental health and like the use of journaling or like, you know, you know, documenting your life. But it's it's not like they were talking about like it's it's not um it's not a bad thing to journal it's just you have to you have to keep up with it otherwise it's useless no it makes so sense this person i don't want to throw the person out there although people will probably know what i'm talking about but they were talking about how the person would always document the horrible things going on so like when they're going through a rough time they would just document that they would write that in their journal whether it was once a week or once a day i don't know but they've slowly realized that it was more important to document the good times. Yeah. Which is why I started journaling, journaling, not like I started journaling like years ago, but, um, I started journaling because I used to get really mad or disappointed or down on myself in certain times. And I found that it's a phase like every, every month or two, like there's, there's a phase where I go through where I'm just like, everything's going wrong. I need to deal with this somehow. Like most of the time I want to reach out to people and just have good conversations. But I found that if I journal the good times and usually it's just like writing down bullet points of like good things that are happening to me in the good moments, I can go back and be like, okay, this moment happened. This is good. This is what led me to this. I'm going to get through it. Like this happened months ago. This happened years ago. Like I I know that the good times are going to happen again. So technically, yeah, yeah, that documentation helps me. Well, like I I understand the benefits of journaling, even if it's like positivity and negative, negative things like bad things that happen and good things, you're journaling all of it. I understand that like there is like people out there where writing it down is like a form of therapy for them where like they write it down and it's no longer an issue that they worry about as heavily. Like being able, like it's the natural thing where like if you go to therapy to, with a therapist and you sit down and just telling them makes it less of a like thing in your mind. It makes it not a big of a worry or like takes the problem kind of away. It's still there, but it's not as like anxiety building and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm here. So like I, I understand the whole like benefits of it. It's just personally I 
first off, hate writing. So it's just like that. And then I've just never personally found it to be helpful. And that's a personal thing, but it definitely can help others. Well, and, you know, with modern technology today, so my journaling is actually done on something called Google Keep, which I don't know if anybody's ever used it. It's basically like Apple Memos or something like that or Apple Notes or whatever. Notepad, yeah. But on Google, and I mean, Google has a great storage platform, in my yeah, opinion. that's the best thing about Google. Even, even though they're starting to crack down a little bit on it. Because they want which more money. Which is fine. I mean, yeah. Everybody wants more money. But when they find that their biggest commodity is free. Storage, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, not everything can be ads. And I totally get that. And subscription culture is changing everything. But Google Keep is great because it, it basically just makes a set of post-it notes and you can give them labels. So, like, my, I have a, I have a label for it. It's literally called um, Good Times Journal. So, mm -hmm. even though I journal everything, but... Um, it's nice because I can literally search for stuff instead of having to like go through an entire book of information. But yeah. Well, that's why I like um, digital note taking over um, paper note taking. Cause it's just like, at the end of the day, it's easier for me to find something I need and yeah. it's more useful, especially if it's on a notepad. I usually like digitally, I I'm better at keeping my notes organized than I am on a piece of paper. Yeah. But I mean, where I'm going with it is basically like it, it's a form of, you know, self-help for yourself. And I mean, I'm not saying you have to write every day. I'm, I'm or like, you know, treat it as like a meeting with a person who just listening to you or whatever. It's, it's a form of, you know, helping yourself and also think of it as, you know, helping yourself in terms of storytelling or like thinking about yourself like sometimes it, it doesn't even have to be like about your day it could be literally like a comment somebody made about you well yeah and it's like oh, you want to remind yourself of that sometimes so. i know that a lot of people talk about when they talk about the benefits of journaling they're always like you just need to write every day you don't need to necessarily like actually go in depth about happen you can literally just go and be like hey i had a good day i ate some eggs bye but it doesn't even have to be writing. That's what I was getting to was it, it can be a video di or a audio diary or video diary, like with new technology and stuff. Podcast. Well, I mean, sometimes people use podcasts as that, but I will say that there was a point in time where I, I was so down about my mumbling and my quietness, which I found that I'm really just shy. Is that uh, middle school? Get it from my, it from my father. No, it was actually, I want to say it was like two or three years ago. I was really, really down about it. In like college? It was a comment every day or multiple times a day. Like people are like, I just can't hear you. I don't understand you. I don't know what you're saying. Like you're too quiet. Yeah. So I started an audio diary and it was more like I looked up like ways to make myself stop mumbling. And one of the ways that they told me to do it was listen to yourself talking. Like yeah. have a conversation with yourself. I'm really bad at talking and I re get really tired of talking very quickly. So I started doing that and it turned into, well, I, I started writing before that, but I, it turned into me, you know, kind of adding some audio stuff to it. I find it very interesting that the two of us grew up in the same house. We're only what three years apart and we're really on opposite sides of the spectrum in a lot of different ways. What do you mean? So like, 
you have always been a naturally shy person. Um, you're not as talkative, and I was always out there and talkative. And like as I grew up, I got a little bit more shy. But I was like, if someone wants to talk to me, I will talk to them for three hours. I will sit there and like, even on this podcast last week, uh, you kept calling me Professor Matthew because I just spewed out facts for like twenty minutes straight. It's just like I like to talk. It's just I don't want to be that person. I just want you to add some substance instead of just spew facts. But you know that's that's part of this podcast, and it could be a therapy thing for both of us too. I mean, I'm it's a therapy for us to be better brothers. <laughs> we're literally the definition of our podcast. We're basically doing back when YouTube was a thing. There was a thing. There was a thing called the Vlog Brothers. Um, really? Yeah, it's you know who um, John Green is, the writer. No, who, he, he wrote write? Fault in Our Stars. Um, the Fault in Our Stars, I think is the name of the book. And then his brother, Hank Green, back in like 2008 when YouTube was just a thing, they both started making YouTube videos on this channel called The Vlog Brothers. And it was literally then each make a YouTube video once a week, telling the other, like talking to the other brother about their life. And like, it would just be like, let's say Hank Green talking about what happened that week to his brother, who would then watch the video later. And they became some of the most famous people on YouTube. Um, and they're still famous today. But like that that's their that was their entire concept of their first YouTube channel. And that's basically what we're doing. We're coming together and talking but, about but, our lives. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. We're having a revelation. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Well, that was cool. We got really deep there. Yeah. Do you wanna change directions? You wanna um, let's see what's on my list. I was going to ask you about your week. How was your week? I was actually, I was a lot more since busier the beginning this beginning of the week, by the way. Are we talking Sorry. about this? I'm going to talk about since last week. I'm, that's how I'm going to define last Wednesday, which yeah. is the beginning of last week. So. That's how I define weeks when we talk. Yeah. This past week was actually more busy for me than usual. It has a lot to do with like, um, Halloween and everything. I, we recorded this podcast I was lazy for a day. Like, that's how it always happens. I don't want to do anything on Thursdays. Um, and then I went out to the suburbs and celebrated Halloween. Well, no. On Friday, I went and I carved pumpkins and made cookies at a friend's house. And then that's I fun. went out to the suburbs and hung out with another friend for Halloween. Um, and what, then, did you, what did you do for the carving of pumpkins? Did you do, like, an interesting jack-o'-lantern? Oh, I want to show you a picture of it. It's actually in the kitchen in the other room, so I can't like go pull it out. But like, um, like I tried to like it was one of my most like difficult pumpkins I've ever tried to make, Um, because apparently when um, I get drunk, I get really really intrigued by pumpkin carving, and I try harder than any other time I've ever carved a pumpkin. Um, So you're an artist, is what you're saying. I, I think it might have to do with all of like I haven't done anything with my art artistic abilities in the past like nine months so like it all came out in this pumpkin but i don't know if you'll be able to see this but like i did like a um shaving i did more of a shaving instead of a carving so when yeah. when um you put a light in it it like glows instead of like um like light shining out of it like glows that's so- a great concept I think we're always used to, you know, trying to cut all the way through the pumpkin and making that opening. Well, it's been and a we thing. we always get disappointed because the light, you know, doesn't illuminate the face as much. Well, what I learned about it, first off, I did it without, like, normal pumpkin carving tools, so it was actually a lot harder. 
Um, I ended oh, so up you using cut yourself. No, I ended up using like a like on a Swiss Army knife. There's like a curved blade, but it's not actually sharp. And I sat there and I like poked it in like 400 times and went around and then carved it with it. It was really interesting and weird. I'm pretty sure you used that for wine bottles. Oh, that's a possibility. Um, but I did that and like it only took me half an hour. But yeah, like doing that type of pumpkin carving where you like don't carve all the way into it, it's a thing. And it's usually for people who like create really intricate designs because if you don't carve all the way into the pumpkin, things can't break off as easily. Yeah. So it's been a, a long, t- uh, it's been around for a long time. But like I did that on Friday. We also made some cookies. We burned most of them. <laughs> um, and then on Saturday, I went out to the suburbs and just sat in a friend's house while we handed out candy to kids from basically throwing them at kids, basically because why they are you throwing them at kids? Because they throw it out. they couldn't come all the way up to the table that we were s- sitting at outside. So we were like tried to throw it into their bags from six feet away. It was fun. Why didn't you just put a, a bucket out there and like say oh, we're watching? <laughs> because it was something to do. There's like Halloween's not only a day where there's anything to do, and like unfortunately in the world of COVID, you can't get large people amount of people together. So it's like it was me, my friend, and her family, and we sat outside and threw candy at kids while they were inside eating Lumanati's pizza. Nice. I like Lumanati's. If anybody is listening to this that is not from Chicago and you think Giordano's pizza is good, you're wrong. I like Giordano's pizza. I like it too. But I'm not a fan of the stuffed crust pizza. Oh, shit. Not stuffed crust. I'm not a fan of Giordano's stuffed pizza. I like their thin crust pizza because they have a really tasty pizza. I'm talking about the pizza pie, the deep dish, the pan where the grease stays in it all day, all night. You're not Mm. really making this sound good. Well, if you don't like grease, that's because you're not a pizza person. Yeah, if you don't like grease, you don't like pizza. If you don't like grease, you don't like like 90% of food. You're probably vegan. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so how was your week? What did you do? Um, I also did some type of pumpkin decorating. I I posted it on my Instagram. I was really excited. I saw that on your Instagram. I'm not going to lie to you right now. I miss painting so much that I spent an hour and a half sitting outside. It was beautiful weather outside painting this pumpkin. That this, took you an hour and a half? Yeah. If you want to look at it, it's on my Instagram page. Just anybody's looking at it. Well, well, um, well, well plug your Instagram. What's your Instagram? I'm not going to plug it. People can search my name and you'll probably find 50 different Andrew Chases. There's a way famouser version of me who makes sculptures out of metal awesome sometimes they move out here but there's also another andrew chase out there that's an architect I believe. yeah and i think they're in new jersey too <laughs> oh that's funny but um this pumpkin it, basically i had to do it for work and i got way too into it too just so you know if you are a chase brother meaning one of us you get really into arts <laughs> but oh, yeah we, we were both our mother for that when we were both younger you were the more artistic son. So like you were the one who went and did like fabulous drawings and fabulous paintings and all the things in art class. And my stuff was kind of always like stupid and dumb until I got 
further and like older and I started putting effort into things because they never gave you enough time to like actually be creative in art class. And then as we got older, I got better and better at art because they allowed me to take my time with things. Yeah, but I think, I mean, you had a different way of using art. Plus, it took you a minute to figure out that you wanted to do audio because you were doing like, I don't, did you ever do orchestra? I think you did. You did bass, right? Yeah, orchestra in fourth grade, I did stand-up string bass, and I quit because of the fact that I was the one that, like, I had to use the bow for, I was, like, the bass in most music is always, um, like, in even, like, low-level, like, beginner-level music is the first one to do everything. So, like, I was the first one to be moving my left hand up and down the bridge and the first one to use my bow, and I was just like... I'm having a hard time with this, but I'm doing all this while everyone's still sitting there and just plucking their instrument. And I'm just kind of like, no, I'm not doing this. So I traded to band. Yeah. I mean, we both did orchestra and band. I did violin for a minute, but anyway, back to my week, I decorated this pumpkin with an awesome cartoon face. I did it for work specifically, mainly because I set up like a happy hour with my work and it was an epic fail. We only had seven people show up. That's not bad. Yeah. The fact I mean, I the world we live in. I miss I miss being in the office, but as a millennial, I am totally fine with not being in the office. Hopefully nobody from my office is listening right now. But <laughs> I like being able to roll out of bed. <laughs> Just saying. But see, I'm the opposite of you. I well, I don't work to the level that you do, but like sitting at home and like I used to edit podcasts sitting in the middle of a theater during tech for a show. I multitask for everything. So like I'd be working on one project while also working on other projects. And that's how I liked my life. So I didn't like doing things at home. Yeah. So we're very different in that aspect. Actually, I do do multitasking things, but I also don't believe in multitasking. I think it's impossible to do. I think technically you're doing one task at a time, but you're taking a break from another. That's what I believe multitasking is. I would agree with you. When I say multitasking for myself personally, it's like I'm editing some sort of audio thing while tech for a show is going on. So like I'm not personally doing anything of any importance during that tech process. So like I'm a sound designer. So I'm sitting there and as we're going through tech and doing all the lighting cues, I might sit there for half an hour before we do the next sound cue. So I'm not doing anything really so it's multitasking but it's really me doing one activity and just having an ear open to like call for a sound cue and then i'm like okay button yeah that that's basically what i'm saying multitasking is not a thing it's it's a concept that is derived from taking breaks essentially Mm -hmm. because i do it too like i really like to write we talked about it earlier but um I like to write about random concepts that come into my brain. So I always have you usually like a Google docs or a word, uh, Microsoft word open and I'm just writing down topics or something Yeah. mainly because I found like, I've told this to many people before, but when you have an idea, you're the best time to act on that idea is in the moment. Otherwise you're going to lose all motivation for it later on. So what I tell people, because a lot of times they'll be grasped, grasped, I can't say it, grasped, am I saying Grasped, yeah, it's a hard word to say. They're grasped into it at the moment 
and they want to just stop everything they're doing, which I do too. I'm not saying that like it's, it's an everybody but me problem. And they stop what they're doing and they're all of a sudden they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing just to fin- finish like this small idea that came into their head, which they're probably not going to finish anyway. So I always tell people it makes more sense to have like a sketchbook or a writing pad or something where it's going to be saved or, you know, online and you put your ideas there and you just say, yeah. okay, this idea is, is here, have it open in front of you because you know, you're going to come up with like 70 more ideas involving that one idea, write it all down. No. Yeah. Because in an hour when you forget about that shit. Yeah. So like when I, when I do some of my best thinking or best, like creative, my most creative ideas come from when I'm driving. Mm-hmm. So my phone has been trained. So when I say like, Hey, blank, blah, 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 blah. Do you if have I, an iPhone? Yes, I have an iPhone. I just don't so want to say it right now. Why would you say Siri? Because if I say it, both my computer, my iPad, and my phone will go, what can I help you with? And I'm just not in the mood to like click cancel on all of them. But like I say that, and I also say a trigger word before I start talking, and it automatically writes it down in a note for me later. Do you have that shortcut app or whatever you use? Yeah, yeah I use that. I like to write some apps with that too. But like th- like my best things come when I'm driving, so I have it set up so that I can easily, in the middle of driving, um, say those type of things, and like it gets recorded. Yeah. Even though That's I have good. usually a podcast or music blasting in the background, but I'm not listening to it. I'm off in my own little world thinking about things. Well, maybe you should write down some podcast ideas and questions. I could do that. Instead of me supplying all of our questions, although this has been a good... Good conversation. Well, because I'm not asking for you to give me another question anymore. Yeah. Well, and we're still talking about my day, so. And I'm not going off on Professor Matthew. No, you're fine, Matthew. <laughs> I like when you go on Professor Matthew. I just want more substance. That's all I'm saying. But so anyway. back to your week. Back to my week. So I did that. That was last week. Friday, Danielle came down. Breaking news, I signed a lease for my apartment in New York City. This is great. Hopefully nobody from my work is listening. (laughs) Um, No one's listening. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't told my work yet. I feel bad, but... Well, you're going to complete... You're going to keep working remote because you don't have to go to the office. So you're going to keep working remote until you find... This is going through 2022. We're going to be working home from home. So like living in New York is not going to make a difference in it. Worst case scenario, you're still how far away is your work from downtown? <laughs> from downtown New York, it's probably a two hour train ride. Yeah, so you'll just have to get up really early if you have to go back to work. Yeah, I mean, it's not out of the question. Plus, I mean, the nice thing is family lives within 45 minutes both ways. So actually, it's closer from Voorhees. Yeah. But. Um, basically like if I were to stay or, well, I'm staying at my work, I love my work, but if I need to go into the office, I have a place to stay. I have a place to, you know, go home to that's quicker than the two hour train ride. Plus I've actually heard that New York city, most people who work in New York city and like higher paying jobs live ridiculously far away. And people who live in New York city 
work ridiculously far away. So well, yeah, because you have to let, you you don't pick where you live based on necessarily distance. You live based on your price range. So like even in Chicago, I lived at the point of when the pandemic hadn't hit. I lived an hour to an hour and a half away from class, depending on when I left in the morning to get downtown. And that's not that far, but it just, it, that, that's how it was. But New York is also a larger city. Yeah. And I mean, the train, the nice thing about where this lease is going to be is that, well, first let's say, uh, let's go back to the idea um, of what was going on for the weekend. So, so Friday, Danielle came down. Saturday, we went and looked at like seven, eight apartments. Very interesting what New York City's doing. We saw apartments that literally don't meet building code. We saw apartments that um, we definitely could not afford. There was this one beautiful one in um, Times Square that Ooh. was, yeah, basically like half of the building we could afford. The rest of what we couldn't. So we asked, you know, let's see a variety. Let's see what we can't afford. Let's see what we can't afford. They yeah. showed us all parts of the building. They showed us this one apartment. I swear, it's like three apartments in one. Mm-hmm. It cost over $3,500, I'm pretty sure, yeah. um, after everything. You had a main room that looked like a normal studio apartment, which is what we would have been able to afford. Then there's a second room that had two rooms to it. It had one with like this beautiful, um, like window thing. It already sounds angled. way too expensive. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Um, and then it had like a a room that only had half walls to the ceiling. The ceiling was like two floors high, and it had half walls to the ceiling. It had two windows in it. It had its own closet. It seemed like a bedroom, and then the rest of it was like a normal room in consideration. Yeah. And then you had the whole like studio part of it. So it was like, you know, a, like a three bedroom apartment basically. But well, it, was, way- it was beautiful. It was really expensive. Probably would never want to get it anyway. Well, but- you saying that it's beautiful carries a lot more because you're an architect and you know how to design these buildings. So you know what beauty looks like in architecture. Yeah, but in New York, it's more of the reuse of buildings. So this, this building well, yeah. that we were looking at was a hotel style. So any of the apartments you went to, it felt like you were in a hotel, which is part of the reason why we hated it. Well, it's probably because it was a hotel at one point and now it's... Yeah, it was a hotel in like early 1900s before 1910s. Well, Well, um, I learned this the other day, an interesting thing, that apparently you can get a subsidized loan by the government to buy a multi-unit property. Now, currently, this is like the worst thing you could possibly do because no one's renting, really. But apparently, like to get a like get like a duplex, so like two a two apartment duplex somewhere, um, really expensive. But you can get a loan from the government to buy that duplex, your first one, if you so it'd be your first one, and rent out the second room. But you're only paying. 3.5% of what it costs when you're putting your money down. So like you get this loan, you put 3.5% down. So if it's like a million dollar loan to buy this duplex, what's 3.5% of a million dollars? Like $3,500 somewhere on there? That sounds about right. Yeah. 
And then you rent out the second apartment for the price of the to pay off your loan every month. I learned this the other day. Apparently, it was really interesting to me. That's yeah. about it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people that do that, and that's actually if you have a lot of money or like I know one guy because um, I used to work for the state of Nebraska for their housing department, and we had a lawyer who made ridiculous cash. Mm-hmm. Um, and he literally, all he does, his pure work was to, because all the contracts were already written and, or written by me, speaking of a non-legal person. Um, <laughs> his pure job was to go through all the contracts that were templates and written by interns and stuff um, and redact information, which is literally like anytime there was a number for a price redacted, whenever there was like a very specific like price negotiated thing redacted. And that was what they would put out to the public. That was his only job. And because so he, he lawyer, sat he got there, ridiculous money. so he sat there and just read everything and blacked out certain parts of documents. I don't even think he read. I think it was all on word or something and he could search through it and just redact, or it was like a pre-automated like thing. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, well, he would sit down next to me. I sat next to the copy machine, so it was really easy to come talk to me. And I would like do the multitasking thing where I wasn't listening and I was bright or working or vice versa. But he would sit down next to me and he's like, yeah, I have ridiculous money, so I buy property. Two things he did with his money because he had so much money. One, he would buy duplexes. So his first duplex is the one he lives in is what you're talking about. Basically, you get subsidized money for your loan and then you rent out the second unit usually pays off your entire mortgage. You're not paying a dime for your, your building. Yeah. Um, he does that times like three. So he has a bunch of duplexes. Second thing that he does is, so he's in Nebraska. He would go around to like sub suburbs of certain cities or whatever, or places that are underdeveloped. And he would buy properties that are untouched next to houses or like buildings or something. So think of a hospital. This is a larger concept. Yeah. He would buy the properties next to a hospital because the hospital is going to come back and offer him double the amount of the property. He's not going to put anything on the property when they want to expand. One day, yeah. One day they're going to want to expand. They're going to want to put their multi-billion dollar parking garage or something that connects directly to their building yeah. underground. And he's going to be rolling in double, maybe triple the amount of what it is. Also think of it on a lower scale concept. He buys properties next to larger houses, meaning that that house one day will want to expand or have a side yard. That's a little bit bigger. So he would buy it and he would maybe divide it and he would sell off parts of it if necessary to these people. I mean, it works better in commercial land because you yeah. can get usually more money. But he it's an likes interesting to do way to do things. Lands. Yeah. Plus, you can always that. build another duplex on it. <laughs> Touche. Sorry, that was the whole architect developer in me. No, it it was actually very interesting. Um, you want to go back to your week? Yeah, we're still talking about my week, by the way. We're, we're having. <laughs> by tangents. the way, this is twenty percent alcohol. I'm drinking this this old fashioned pre made drink. Uh, so I'm going on pretty steady. Um, anyway, 
So my week, that was Friday, Danielle and I, Danielle came down Saturday. We went to New York. Great time. Got to see a bunch of apartments. Literally the greatest thing about Manhattan right now is that you can um, use your phone, Apple Pay, or some type of Apple Pay system to pay for your train rides now. You don't have to buy the card. It's amazing. Costs more. Really interesting. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I know like in Chicago, what they do is as long as you have, I think it's a MasterCard that has the tap ability where you just tap it on something. That's how it works. Any credit card that has that ability can be yeah, used. Yeah, it's the same concept. Yeah, but Except you can iPhone. use your phone. Yeah. So. I wish more people would embrace that ability because everyone goes everywhere with the phone. We've talked about this a couple of times. Everyone goes everywhere with their phone, but sometimes you forget your wallet. And at this point in, it's 2020, we've had this technology for five, six years now. I just, I never understand why more people don't take like Apple Pay or Samsung Pay or Android Pay, whatever their equivalent is. G Pay. <laughs> is it Google Pay? It's probably. I am actually terrified of G Pay. Why? Because it already knew all of my credit card information. Well, isn't G Pay Google Pay? Yeah, but whenever I pay so, online with my Google Chrome browser, it already knows my. my yeah, because at some point you probably plugged it in and didn't click ignore when it asked, do you want to save this information? So, like, my Google Chrome um, um, has it saved. So does my Safari. They have my debit card information saved. Now, it doesn't have the PIN saved. That's how it protects you, kind of. Hmm. Um, and that way it just automatically puts it in when I'm doing things. But, the, but yeah, it's so terrifying. Like, like not they really. save this stuff. Well, you and I live in a different. So I, at the end of the day, when someone has my information, I'm not surprised. I'm just kind of like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but if it's connected to your bank account, like today I was looking at my transaction history, which I do pretty often. And I was trying to remember where this, this $30 purchase happened. And yeah. the worst part is, is when they use those second party. Um, services to do transactions yeah. so it doesn't it gets, put their name of their company on the transaction yeah. it's something else yeah i know it's so like when i buy food from a restaurant it puts the name of the company that i bought it from or the, the restaurant that i bought it from yeah but when i buy something from a convenience store that is not a brand name it's going to use like a second party and it's going to charge me a little bit more to use but whatever but i don't know where that happened it doesn't give me that much information. So Well, so what I do, because it worries me sometimes, like I, I don't like that people have, like my information's that easily accessible online, even for myself. So like what I do is my account, since I have all the apps, because I love apps, for my credit cards, my debit cards, everything, it notifies me whenever a transaction occurs. So like I swipe my debit card at Target after I type my PIN in, like as I'm typing my pin in my phone vibrate, it's like, hey, you this amount of money was just spent at Target. And I'm like, yeah, I did that. And That's I get those much. notifications. That's See, too much. I like it. I can't like, do that now. Well it what it does what it does help with is like sometimes transactions happen and I'm like, I didn't pay for anything, and then I look at the transaction and I check my email and I have a receipt for my website which they charge me every month for my website. So it's like it pops up, but I didn't spend the money. It's just it renews itself every month. Speaking of your website, have you checked it lately? Because every time I click on it on your Instagram or Facebook, it doesn't work. Oh, no, it's not up. 
Okay, never mind. I, I pay per month for the domain. I have not been paying for the hosting to actually have the website because no one's looking at it. Oh, interesting. I actually pay every year for my domain. I am supposed to, but I didn't. I don't think I renewed it at the beginning of the year, so now it charges me monthly, and I just haven't cared enough to go and fix it. Yeah, it's like a dollar a month. I think that's the craziest concept, where it's like you have to pay for a domain name. It's like paying for your personal name. Well, you're not paying for the domain name. What you're doing is you're paying for the hosting of the domain name. Yeah, but. I, I'm paying for the domain name. The hosting of it is done through whatever website service I use. Well, it's not. So, like, if you buy it off of GoDaddy or, like, Google or any of those sites, they personally go out and they restrict that domain name for you. And then you are paying, let's say, Google keep that domain name for you so like there's a lot when it comes to do, when it comes to internet and domain names there's a lot of weird things that happen and then when you get your website it reaches out to whoever is hosting your domain name and is like revert this to this website oh. at least that's how i remember it when i was taught about it but like there's because a lot I, of weird things i personally do not pay for google to host or to to show mine so if you searched andrewchase.com, there's a dash in there somewhere. Um, you will not find it on Google in the top 100,000. Yeah, makes sense. Well, like, Because I don't want to pay them $40 a month for them to put my domain at the top. Well, something that's interesting is that technically your domain name is not, let's say, andrewchase.com. Mine's matthewchasedesign.com. I'm not paying... I'm paying GoDaddy for the domain MatthewChaseDesign.com. But my actual domain name is like a list of numbers. And that's free. I have that domain name for free. It's the MatthewChaseDesign.com that I'm paying for. Hmm. Yeah. So Matthew came to play. No, no, that makes that makes total sense. I'm just trying to put it together post my drunkness. Um, You've had one drink, dude. This is twenty percent. This is enough for like four people <laughs> to have a sip. Okay. Um, back to my week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Friday, yeah, she comes down. Saturday, we went and looked at a bunch of apartments. We fell in love with the technically second apartment. We were supposed to see one. They screwed us over. They were like, oh, we already rented it. I was like, what the fuck? Then why didn't you just cancel the freaking appointment? They couldn't show us anything else. There was like people moving out or in or something. It was a shitty apartment in general. Shitty area. A lot of homeless people. Anyway, we hated it. Second apartment. Fell in love with it the second we walked to the door. Actually, we the main time we fell in love with it, there's this beautiful Mexican place down, downstairs. Ooh. Makes burritos. My favorite type of food. Any type of burrito you can think of. It's literally going to be the place that I go every hangover. Every yeah, that's what it's. It's going to be great. You go and get food specifically for a hangover? Yes. See, I don't do you that. Don't? No, so when I'm drunk, I want food. So, like, I'll order Mexican food. I'll go out and get, like, a burrito because I love Mexican food when I'm really drunk. And then, like, the next morning, I I don't eat breakfast, and then, like, 
So I'll wake up and I'll go about my day and then I'll eat whatever it comes around. I don't really have a hangover food. I just like junk food. So Mexican food is like the best food for me when I'm hungover. For some reason, it's like the grease and all of like the different ingredients together just kind of, yeah, you know, just go together and make my my day come back to life. It gives me the energy and it also sucks up all the, the shitty stuff in my brain that's yeah. making me not work. Mine so. comes from, like, the reason I like it so much when I'm drunk is because of the fact, apparently, like, I'm not a big fan of spicy foods, like really spicy foods when I'm sober, but when I'm drunk, I just crave spicy food. So, really? like, yeah, so, like, I'll get a burrito from a Mexican joint and douse it in, like, red hot salsa and, like, just take bites spicy. out of it. I got to try it, though. Maybe maybe spicy will make me better drunk. I don't think of spicy. I've always been against it. Even when, like, there's a lot of Thai in New York and a lot of Thai in New Jersey. Yeah. Even when that happens, I'm just like, you know, just give me the fried rice with whatever meat they have well, it. I'm the exact same way when I'm sober. It's only when I'm drunk. Like I like when I get like a slice of pizza like we used to go to a bar um on Thursday nights because they had like a not karaoke, but like anyone could go up and play music or whatever. And open like mic? Yeah, an open mic. And I had a lot of friends that did that. And when we were done there was a place called Demos right next door and we would go to Demos and I'd get this giant slice of New York style pizza. And they would have like Gross. bottles of buffalo hot sauce at the table, and I would like douse the thing in buffalo hot sauce because I just like Sounds spicy like a food. Horrible idea. Yeah, but when you're when it's drunk, it just tastes delicious. Did I ever take you to Seaberries? No, you are going to, but on the night of your graduation, I got so drunk on that I Bud passed. Light. <laughs> yes, but do you know how many? Glasses of Bud Light I had? You had like maybe eight. Come on. No. I had a total of 18 glasses of Bud Light and then those weird ass shots your friends kept buying us. Oh, the LaCroix or whatever shots? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a so like, shot, right? Yeah. So like the reason I was out cold at the end of that night was first off, I'm not, I was not a big beer drinker back then. So like when we did that, the last time I had beer before that was like months before. I don't drink beer often. Like I drink it more now. But back then but I barely drank it. It was Bud Light. It was nothing. It was like yes. 4% maybe. But have you ever experienced, it usually happens younger in your life. You experience that like I'm a major liquor drinker. I prefer cocktails. I prefer um, liquor. And like when I'm on, when I'm drinking a lot of liquor and not drinking beer, I can get through like a half bottle of rum in a night and be completely fine like i get drunk but i'm like completely like able to do things and nothing like really bad but then the next day i might decide instead of drinking rum because it took me so much rum to get drunk i'll drink a beer and i'll drink three beers and i will be the same level of drunk i was off of half a bottle of rum so you're saying that because of different types of alcohol or alcohol agents that you might receive alcohol differently yeah so like beer for me if i go a long time with it like if i go like a week without drinking beer will get me drunker quicker off of less of it 
where rum would take me longer. And if I take a long, if I take like a week off of rum and just drink beer, it would happen vice versa. Yeah. I guess I'm, I'm similar. However, I've been trying to stay away from alcohol lately. Why? (laughs) Because, um, alcohol is expensive and it also like makes you very bloated and, yeah. You know, your body doesn't really take to it as much. Also, I found that it's kind of like a waste of time. Yeah, it might calm you or relax. It's just you. fun. I'm not yeah. a big I'm not a fan of drinking alone, so I only like right now we're on a podcast, so I'm drinking and then I'll go hang out with my roommates in the living room afterwards. Um, but like I don't like like sitting alone and drinking. I think that's the stupidest thing ever. Like maybe a glass of whiskey before you go to bed, that's fine. But like getting drunk alone, there's nothing fun about that. There's nothing enjoyable. So like I'm a big proponent of like drink with people and you'll have a fun time and that's what makes it fun. But like I kind of trailed off there. <laughs> well, I was gonna say sometimes like I'll have wine with food just because like it, it kind of makes the food a little bit more desirable for me. Um, yeah, I don't. I see love that. food and I eat all the time, but sometimes I just need that a little extra. Plus, I hate water. I think water is like the worst drink of all time. See, it's I literally love the only water. Thing we need. Yeah, we're we're a little different in that aspect. I don't like drinking while eating food. No, I do like drinking while eating food. Yeah, I don't like that, and I think it comes from my whole idea of that the only reason to drink alcohol is to get drunk. Or get tipsy somewhere in there. I I don't find alcohol to be like it tastes good. I like the way like a rum, a rum and coke with like a dark spiced rum tastes, but like I'm not gonna drink that with food because then at that point the whole point of alcohol was just to have a flavor. I'm not, I I find the point of alcohol is to get tipsy or drunk. <laughs> I think you still got some growing up to do, Matthew. No, definitely. I am the alcoholic in our family. No, I think I was an alcoholic at one point, and now we just share the alcoholism. Don't tell mom. No, I'm going to cut this out. <laughs> what? No, don't cut this out. Just this anyway. little push about, about it. So Saturday. Oh, that's right. <laughs> looked at all these apartments. We walked into one, which was ridiculous. They were like, oh, this is the best apartment in the building. It's on the second floor. You'll love it. And we're in the apartment and three rooms in this apartment. Each room has a different floor slope. So nothing's flat? Nothing is flat. The bedroom is sloping one way. The living room is sloping the other way. The kitchen, for some weird reason, is sloping towards the exit. It's like... I don't like that. Yeah, exactly. Everything looks like it's falling apart. I do like when, like, maybe, like, a kitchen floor is a little sloped, like... No, so like this a is like section. a full yeah, no, angle. That's just like weird. Maybe not even made for somebody in a wheelchair. Also, the staircase was super thin and really tall stairs. So my opinion as an architect and a general person who knows building science is that this building is falling apart slash falling down. <laughs> so whoever's living in it probably should not be paying the amount that rent is. So I basically we walked in, we had no questions because we were like, this is dumb. 
and we left. I felt really bad for the real estate agent that helped us with it because um, they put a lot of effort into us. But I've screwed over real estate agents before. Yeah, but I mean, they they'll find somebody. I hope we'll see. Well, they make their money off of they get like the first month rent usually off of an apartment. Yeah, our in New York City, we found out that the broker's fee is like fifteen percent of a year long lease or whatever the lease length is. Yeah, that's so a lot. yeah, but you it's have to pay to, to four or five thousand dollars depending on you know. But you have to pay that dollars a month lease on top of your rent, correct? Yeah, unless you find a no fee, which means like the renter is paying it. Well, because one month fee, which in, means you pay only one month. The renter pays. The yeah. Rest. Well, in Chicago, it's the fee of the broker is the first month's rent. So the leasing agency or whoever owns the property takes a hit for the first month's rent and gives it to the broker for bringing you into the apartment. And then they collect everything after that. Yeah. That's how that works. But I screwed over um, when I looked at my current apartment, which you've never seen. Um, I screwed over the leasing agent who showed it to me the first time. First off, he was an idiot and I hated him. Um, But... (laughs) He showed us the first this this apartment and then showed us like seven other apartments. And then I met up with a different real estate agent later that day who showed me this exact same apartment. And we ended up signing a lease for this apartment with that real estate agent instead of the other guy. <laughs> Even though I had already seen this apartment once, we basically walked in and I was like, nope, this is great. Was Love it. Was it a different rent? No, it was the exact same rent, exact same apartment. I mean, that's that's how it goes. It's all, you know, whoever gets it first. Yeah. But so actually, that's what we ended up doing. So we went to Times Square and or not Times Square. It was near Times Square. It was on the same road, 42nd. Um, and we looked at all those like luxury apartments. Actually, while we were waiting to meet with that real estate agent, we ended up saying we want to put the money down for it, which is like the deposit so that they take it off um, the market and stuff. Yeah. So we put that notice in while we were looking at these apartments. We put the money down while we went to look at the shitty apartment that was angled and stuff. And then we, I think we looked at one more apartment. Actually, it was two different apartment buildings. This guy took us to all these different places. Horrible apartments. Don't even know how people live in these things. One of the bedrooms was like, they were like, oh, a queen-size mattress fits in this fine, and you still have a walkway. It was the size of a queen-size mattress. That was yeah. how big the bedroom was. Well, how I- do you get away with that? And the, the bathroom was, you had to walk through there. So if like you have a queen-size mattress and you have to walk on top of that to get to the bathroom, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Did I ever tell you when I was looking at apartments, there was one where in one of the bedrooms, the stairway going to the apartment upstairs protruded into the room. So like when you walked in, you had to tilt your head like 90 degrees one direction. Otherwise, you would smack your head on the ceiling. That would be awful if they painted that room dark. Oh, it was painted dark. It was like <laughs> oh, a dark gray. Oh my god, that's terrifying. But it, that we didn't go with that apartment, even though it was a really nice apartment. It was, I just thought that was terrible. That one little thing. Yeah, but that's those reused buildings, you know. Yeah. They're not gonna get rid of the vertical circulation of it. 
or anything. Yeah. So, I mean, I always imagined living in a studio apartment, and now I don't, I'm getting a stu- two bedroom studio apartments. Like the idea of a studio apartment is nice if you're looking at a studio apartment that's like on mainstream TV or the type of studio apartment that they put in advertisements. That's not the type of studio apartments that anyone ever looks at unless you have a lot of money and are living in a really nice new building. All the old studio apartments are like, you can fit a queen-size bed and like a chair in the corner, and then the kitchen is about the size of a water bottle. <laughs> yep. And you have like it's a two-burner like stove. A mini fridge. It's, no, they don't even have a stove. It's just a mini fridge. It's a, a small sink. Which they also combine with the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, it's nowhere like, like the newer studio apartments are like the size of my bedroom and my kitchen. Yeah, with a bathroom attached to it, and it's like that's huge compared to what studio apartments are in New York City. And then they charge you the same amount for like a two bedroom. They're like, well, you live on your own, and we have to supply all the same amount of you know stuff to that studio apartment as we do to a two bedroom or a one bedroom which is not true but yeah yeah and then they charge you you know too much money for it it's just like i don't see how this correlates <laughs> yeah so what else happened after you looked at apartments so we looked at all these apartments we had put the deposit down sunday basically we were nervous we were like trying to get this one apartment we didn't like any of the other ones um and we went to the frank lloyd wright museum did you already go there? Right. Cut that out. Here we go. And we went to the... Oh, shit. What's it called? <laughs> Is it the same one you went to last week? Yeah, what's it called? I have no clue, but I was just asking. And we went to a museum. Um, it was the <laughs> same one I went to last week. I think I talked about it last week. Um, Guggenheim. And we went to the Guggenheim oh. Museum. You can you can edit all that, right? Um, I might just leave it in for fun. <laughs> anyway, Danielle wanted to go to the Guggenheim. I ended up meeting up with a friend. Um, it was interesting. I've actually ne- never met this person in person. Um, they're somebody I work with, and he lives in Philly. We've been working on a project together for like six months. So I basically told him, yeah, I'll probably be there again, you know, this weekend which is the next weekend um and i'll go see it again because okay get this the installation is basically a book that is written in three no five different ways based on five different bases of information five different languages five different countries all combined into this installation about architecture in you know the countryside versus the urban yeah, And so I figured it would be great to go back through it again and not have my head hurt after the fourth floor and try and, you know, enjoy it a little bit more. It was really difficult. And we ended up just going to get food after like two hours of being in the museum. What kind of food? So originally we were going to go to the Cooper Hewitt Museum where they have a restaurant and it was going to be like a 45 minute wait to go inside. So we just walked around the block and found an Italian restaurant and ended up everybody paid like $75 a person. <laughs> but that's because we had like two drinks. We bought a bottle of wine. 
Oh, yeah. you were just throwing a party in this restaurant. Yeah, we were the only people there. They loved us. They gave us free shots. Wait, was it just you and Danielle or were there other people here? No, it was my friend, his friend, Danielle and I, and then our friend from Nebraska who's now going to Columbia. Okay, so there were five of you. Okay, that makes more sense. But like mm-hmm. free shots, interesting. Free shots, $65 bottle of wine. We were balling, dude. Nobody was thinking about cash. Until you got the bill. Yeah, but you weren't thinking about that one after your your drinks and shots and stuff. Touche. Okay, so... We were all scared about COVID at the, the entire time. Well, yeah, you don't really eat in restaurants, do you? Well, in New York City, you don't go in the restaurant now. Like oh, you, you sit outside. You sit outside. There's like a... They've been building these things. I swear, it's like on wiki um, architecture or whatever. Basically, like every single restaurant that has outdoor seating and some sort has street side seating. And they've made these incredible like enclosures. No, yeah, because I think New York did the exact same thing Chicago did where they had a contest where people um, submitted ideas for outdoor seating for wintertime. And Chicago didn't do anything with them. Um <laughs> Because we went back to we uh, we opened up for indoor seating and now we're back to only outdoor seating again. So they never did anything with it. But I think New York actually did that and started to do something because they never really went one hundred percent into indoor seating. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there was a competition or not, but we saw some people setting them up. I know they have I a mean, really, they have really cool like I think it's down by the Chicago River. There's these really really fun looking bubbles. That seat like four people, and it's just a table, and it's you, you're in a bubble, and they look hmm. crazy cool. I know I went to a rooftop bar in New York, and they had some type of bubble, but you had to pay like an extra MVP fee or whatever to go into it. Of course, you did. Yeah, and it was ridiculous. It was like two thousand dollars for a group of four. I was like, I'm not paying that shit. Only five hundred dollars a piece. Yeah, makes no sense. <laughs> But whatever they do to make money, there's so much money in New York. It's ridiculous. And all the people who spend it don't live in New York. So that's how it works everywhere. Yeah. But so is that the end of your week or did you do anything else? Um, I went to Ikea, took Danielle to Ikea for the first time for her. And you picked we, out a queen size. But did you have Swedish meatballs? Well, so get this. We haven't been to Ikea in a while and they've ne- recently never been up a Really? I've, I've never been to Ikea. I swear you went with me. Mom and I talked about this the other day that she thought I went with you and her to Ikea when you were shopping for apartment furniture the first time. And I was like, no, I've never been inside an Ikea. No. The first time we went for apartment shopping, it was not Ikea. We went to Ikea when we were looking for, I think, something for my room or your room or something. Well, I know your room... It was when we were really young. I know your desk, I believe, is an Ikea desk. Mine is not. Yeah. So we didn't go to Ikea for my desk. But then again, I was so young, I don't remember it. Yeah. Because I remember being in Ikea. But normally, it was like, you know, you you just kind of got food when you were in there. Yeah, right? now you can't do that. Now they have a bistro. They have like a cafeteria type thing that you go to. And yeah, at the, end of, at the end of the long winding maze of Ikea. 
Yeah, except Danielle and I went directly to it because we knew they were closing soon. So we went backwards, which is great because you end with the beds. So we just started yeah. with what we were looking for. That's nice. And then we went back through. We looked at sofas. We looked at desks. We looked at chairs. We had a lot of crazy ideas we were thinking about. Probably none of them are going to happen. Because you can't afford it. Well, we can afford some of it, but the couches that we could afford, we were like, I don't know. These are kind of shitty. And the couches that we couldn't afford, we were like, these are kind of shitty too. <laughs> well, what I always say, whenever you're furnishing an apartment for the first time, don't go all out on expensive furniture. Get secondhand furniture. Go on Facebook Marketplace and try and find something because you, even though you're living in that apartment, you might think you're living there for a long time. Whether or not it's with a significant other or not, you might move, you might buy an actual apartment, like full out, you might buy a house, and then you'll have to move again. And it's really hard to move a lot of furniture, even if it's just three blocks. When I moved from my old apartment to this apartment, I moved a crap ton of furniture three blocks, and it was the most (laughs) annoying thing in the world. And I ended up, because all of my furniture is hand-me-down furniture. I took the things I wanted out of the apartment, and I left everything I didn't. So there's um, our old couches from our suburban like childhood home that like our parents got on your first birthday are still in that apartment. I, I don't know you anyone. left them? Well, I left them with my old roommate, who then left them with her roommates when she moved out. So now they're with people that I know, but I have no contact with. So like, I know they're still there because they're decent couches. You're not going to just like that apartment was huge. So like we had a couch, a love seat, a chair, the original apartment that, yeah. So you, yeah, you saw it. And then we also had my leather sofa and like a dining room table. This apartment was huge. So I just left the pull-out bed couch, the love seat, and the chair, and I just took my one couch, wow. my leather couch. You just left everything and took the leather couch that you found in the trash? Well, that was the one in the best shape. That leather couch was in the best shape with those... Um, trash couches are in the best shape. Okay, and that's what we're getting at. <laughs> well, the electric leather couch, when it was thrown out, wasn't in bad shape at all. It like The leather was pretty... Um, well taken care of. It had like no holes in it. The cushions were really well and everything. Like now it's a little damaged because we had a cat for a while and the cat just ripped it apart. Still hate that cat. Um, oh my gosh, don't we, we baby, we like took care of our, our friend's cat when COVID started because she had to go home. Um, and then she came back and took the cat, but we hated it. But like these couches were 20 something years old. They were not in that great of a shape. They were old, and our parents didn't want them back. I took them because I wanted to get them out of our dad's garage because I thought it was stupid that he had them stacked up in the garage. I'm surprised he didn't keep those couches. Well, he got a really a lo- he got a really nice couch from Grandma that he likes. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the one that's in his living room. I think I've been to his apartment more t- times than you have. His townhome. Yeah, probably. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, so our problem is, is that we are, we are going to move probably in the next two to three years. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't go out of your way to buy like maybe like a bed. 
always invest in a good bed. Never spent, never like cheap on a bed because beds can last you an incredibly long time and it kills your back to sleep on a bad bed, even for a night. I mean, we, we're going to get a good bed and a good bed frame and stuff. Um, we're trying to avoid getting the, the box spring. Um, Ikea is great because they're, you know, they, they figured out you don't need the box spring anymore. Well, yeah, modern beds are built in such a way that box springs aren't necessary. Yeah, but I mean, we're we're the main thing about our sofa is we have a really big living room, and we're going to use the second bedroom as a. I mean, the second bedroom doesn't have a closet or anything. Just make it an office. As a yeah, as an office, it's on the other side of the apartment. Well, you called our mother earlier today and you were telling her this, and I was joking in the corner. I was like, no, that's my bedroom. I mean, if you wanted to move in with us, the rent is $1,800 a month. You can pay it all out of your pocket. It's it's literally the exact same as my current rent for three people. So we split it. Yeah, but this is now two people. But you'd pay it all for yourself if you wanted to move in. Um, I'm not paying (laughs) $1,800. No. So we would like to get, so we have a massive living room. We would like to get a decent sized couch. However, we want something that breaks down, is modular, is lightweight. So we're shopping around a little bit, but we'd also like it to be some type of a bed type, you know, something that can be formed into a bed. Ikea had a couple of them, but we were worried that, you know, it's just cheap. So it's going to fall apart when you try to move it or take it apart. Ikea does I think I think it was an older thing where Ikea furniture fell apart a lot more. Ikea does build really good quality furniture if you take care of it. If you're like what usually happens is people put it like in a frat house or like places where there's thousands of people sitting on a couch every month and it's being roughhoused on and being used crazily. If you take good care of your furniture from Ikea and like you buy the one that you like it will last you a long time. Now, yes, taking apart and putting things back together can destroy the furniture, but it really depends on how you treat it during the time it's put together. Yeah. I mean, I take care of everything. I've, I'm a big proponent for making sure that, you know, whatever you own, you you do it, you use it correctly. You don't misuse yeah. it. You don't forget about it. You don't pretend like it doesn't exist when you know, your rough, like you said, rough housing on it or something like a car, a big, a big thing that I hate about cars is that, you know, the car gets used either every day or it gets used once a once a month or once a week or something. Once a week for me. But if you under, like, if you don't understand it, like what is needed for a car yeah. to keep it going, then you're probably using it to less of its potential which means it's not going to last mm-hmm. as long, which means that it's going to cost more money than it should. Like all that stuff. I mean, a lot of things you can do with a car, you can learn online. You can do it yourself. You don't have to pay somebody yeah. $10,000 to fix it. Well, I, well, A lot of people just forget about that. They're like, eh, I don't care. Somebody well, else will do it. All I'm suggesting is like, this, do the exact same thing that you did when you moved into your first apartment off of college. Don't Don't go crazy and go like, shopping at ikea or big stores unless it's something like a bed frame a mattress those are like a a mattress is one of the most expensive things you should buy in your first apartment 
because you need something good in quality. Like my bed, my mattress is nine hundred dollars, and it is the best bed I've ever slept on in my entire life, and I will not get rid of it for another eight or nine years. Um, because beds last a long time. Now, like a couch, maybe move into your apartment and go on Facebook Marketplace and see if someone nearby is selling a couch because people on Facebook Marketplace most of the time are getting rid of their couch because they're moving really far away and they can't take it with them. So the couch is still in good quality. They they want to keep the couch. It's just it's not plausible for them to keep it while they're moving across the country. Yeah. But here's the other thing too. Um we want to find something that's lightweight, easily movable, easily breaking down. And the main reason behind that for me is that we have a really long hallway in this apartment that we we're renting. Yeah. And it's really thin. <laughs> so to carry like a massive big ass couch through that hallway and back through it or whatever, it's going to be, it's going to be tough and we don't want to destroy the walls. We don't want to, you know, destroy the apartment. Well, so. I'll give you a, a quick thing to think about when you're looking at couches. Modern couches don't have this problem as much, depending on the type of couch you get, but older couches have this problem a lot. Older couches are a lot deeper than modern couches are. So like the couches that were in our childhood home had a um, armrest and a back, and that entire thing was larger than a doorway. So to get it through a door, you had to put it on its edge, and it was so hard because even on its edge, it just barely fit through a doorway. You had to like keep on like pushing up and down and like wiggle it through to get it through. Where some modern couches, you can easily walk it through a doorway because the couch's depth is not as long, even though it's still comfortable yeah. to sit in. So just think about well, think that's about why the we depth. like about IKEA. Most IKEA couches, you know, the, the legs come off and it's literally just a platform. Yeah, so. they're they're made to move. Yeah. So anyway, so that that was Monday and then Tuesday happened voting. And since then we've been just watching the election. So Yeah. That's my week. We've only talked about it for, you know, thirty minutes. <laughs> no, we talked about your week for about forty five. Yeah, but we walked through a lot of information. So. Yeah, we kept splitting off. That's the point of a podcast. We talk about many things under one topic. We didn't even need your questions. We had the one question. Yeah, the basic one that I'm going to ask every week. Actually, I asked about COVID Wave 3. Maybe that's how our podcast will be from now on, just us talking about our week and going on tangents. You never know, man. You never know. I also need to go make some cold brew. I bought this new coffee. It's called Tokiti. Where's it from? It's an organic coffee. It's got apricot, cacao nib, and caramel in it. Is it from Trader Joe's? No, I. So I subscribe to. I don't know if Dad's used his at all. But he has I subscribe to to Trade Coffee, who sends me coffee from all over the world, roasted literally days before. This now, is from Los Angeles. That, if we actually had sponsors, now that is a sponsor we could get a lot sooner than some of the big name brands. I don't know. Trade Coffee is pretty awesome. If you ever have the experience to um, look for, you know, any type of coffee you want, Trade Coffee is great because they'll get it from anywhere you want it. I've actually sent them some uh, 
ideas for people they should get coffee from and they've shown up on there. So interesting. A lot of New York coffee brewers are now on trade coffee. It's a little bit more expensive than getting it from the actual store, but well, yeah, cause they have to ship it to you. Yeah. But the shipping, you know, is usually paid for if you buy it pretty often. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, we've covered a lot of topics today. Are you trying to end this, Matthew? You don't want to listen to another two-hour lecture? I really don't. Like, th- this one's actually really interesting. I'm actually, I think I'll be really interested to listen to it at least a couple times, and then I'll get bored. And, like, we, we packed in a lot of information, but it's not necessarily ranting, where I did a lot of ranting last podcast, and that was really annoying. Well, I'm glad that you're not annoyed. We're learning. Yeah, we're getting better. Learning. We're doing better at this podcast. I think what would make it a lot simpler is if we didn't try and like cut it, like I don't try and cut it down heavily. Like we, we make it more like a Joe Rogan podcast where we talk and like we cut out the parts that we don't want in the podcast where we, we, we mentioned them as we were recording them. And then I do editing on the entire thing a little bit and then we just release an hour long podcast instead of. Well, that's what I thought you were going to do in the first place. I think that's what I'm going to start doing. Because if we're going to keep talking for these long periods of time, I'm not going to try and cut it down to 45 minutes out of three hours. I'm not going to lie, Matthew. I think we're going to get really good at this sooner or later, and then you won't have to do that. Not that you have to do it now. (laughs) Well, I could easily edit out a lot of the... Like, we've gotten a lot better with um not having long pauses which is really good we talk we talk we talk with each other a lot we do talk a little bit of talking over each other which is kind of has to be edited around but we've also gotten really good with our audio setup so now it's not me editing out our breaths in between talking it's 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 a lot easier to edit so like i'm i'm happy where we're going with this and it's only what week 4 Hopefully, we will get to triple digits. I have no problem getting there. I'm excited. Although my new New York apartment might require some more audio editing. Well, if you build yourself an office, you you just... Yeah, but there's still a window there. The window is single pane. You know what you do? Right next to the kitchen. You you soundproof the room, which, if you want to do that cheaply, you, you just buy a bunch of blankets and you hang them on walls. I don't have enough blankets to do that. I have two blankets mining. I'll send you some blankets when you move in. You're going to help me move. You're going to paint my walls. Are you going to pay me the fee? Do you want to know the, what the East fee? Harlem is like, Matthew? I've been to East Harlem. I've just never spent time in East Harlem. I don't know anybody who's been to East Harlem. I've been to most corners of New York City. All right, let's end this podcast. Okay. What do you want to say? End this podcast. It's the end of our podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Thanks for tuning in, those that actually listen to this thing. What is this, like a news hour? (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to the Suburban, Suburban Siblings podcast. Tune in next week to hear Andrew talk about coffee again. This has been fun, my brother. We will talk again probably soon for next week podcast, but yeah, we'll see.
Okay. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.